folks, Ben Buchanan, investment advisor, portfolio manager, and newly crowned king of the application of logic and rationalism to all things important. Downloading viruses of pathological optimism and business insights straight from my brain to yours. This is the podcast where we dive into relative value. I'm going to explain why saying that stocks are expensive or bonds are expensive only makes sense from a relative standpoint, not an absolute standpoint, because at the end of the day, The objective of any investment advisor worth his salt is to put your dollar in the most efficient place possible given the universe of potential investments, limited by your specific risk parameters. Stocks can be expensive relative to their own historical prices at the same time as they can be cheap when compared with bonds, and vice versa. As you know by now, I have to tell you for regulatory compliance reasons that anything you hear today is not intended to be person-specific financial advice and always consult your financial advisor whether it is with us at Dutch Asset or elsewhere before making investment decisions. Any mentions of specific companies are not intended to be recommendations to buy, but rather anecdotes meant to convey a message or takeaway that may or may not be relevant to your specific situation. So, let's talk about relative value. You want to know something that people in the financial media say all the time that doesn't really make sense. Stocks today are overvalued. I hear this all the time. Some guy comes out and says stocks are overvalued compared to their historical P.E. range or their price-to-earnings range. Or they use whatever metric. Lately, people have been talking a lot about the Case-Shiller P.E. ratio. This basically smooths out earnings over the past 10 years. It's basically a moving average of earnings. On that metric, P.E. ratios are pretty expensive today. Even using a more common forward P.E. ratio or the P.E of earnings based on the next 12 months earnings, uh, stocks are still pretty expensive, as many people rightly point out. Now, let me tell you why this is not nearly as important as stocks valuation relative to bonds. Anecdote, you were on a desert island. You were dying of thirst. Sitting in front of you is the only drinkable substance on the island. That substance is green tea. Remember, you are dying of thirst here, and there is green tea on this island. You take a sip of it, and guess what? It tastes not quite terrible, but it is not as good as it usually is. So, you don't have any other good options. Your other options for getting water into your system are limited to eating fruit, which doesn't have nearly as much water as these bottles of tea. And it'll be much harder for you to keep yourself from dying of thirst if you refuse to drink the tea and only consume the fruit. But... Alas, because this tea on this desert island without anything else to drink on it tastes a little bit worse than it usually does, you decide you'd rather hydrate your body by spending all day looking for 50 oranges and sucking down that orange juice. You're probably thinking, Ben, WTF is wrong with you. How is this relevant to stocks PE ratios? Here's the connection. When people tell you that stocks are expensive relative only to stocks historical price ratios, that is the same thing as telling you that tea today is not tasty compared with tea that was on offer yesterday, and hence, you shouldn't drink it. But that's not the important thing to know. The important thing is that you don't have any other options besides tea, or spending all day finding 50,000 oranges so that you can hydrate from the orange juice. Or I could have made up a few more bad options to represent the other places you could put your money, like bonds, gold, other commodities, or what have you. Bonds, gold, and commodities represent the other places you could find hydration. Stocks today, given where bond yields are, given how bad of investment I think gold is, etc., Stocks today represent the tea, which is slightly less tasty. Clearly, 
If you are dying of thirst on a desert island, it makes more sense to drink the slightly less tasty tea than it does to only hydrate your body by eating fruit. <coughs> even if the tea tasted terrible, probably even if the tea was poisoned, it is better than the alternatives. Herein lies the secret to understanding what really matters when looking at potential places to put your money. Relative value. Your investment process should not be about comparing where stocks' prices are today with where they were historically. Because historically, the world was different. Maybe in the past you weren't stuck on a desert island that only had tea. Maybe in the past you had super tasty glacial water imported from Iceland straight to your front door. But that's not the situation anymore. Maybe in the past stocks' P.E. ratios were only 15 instead of 25. But maybe bonds had dividend yields of 8% rather than 2%. An 8% yield on a bond with a short duration, meaning your money isn't locked up for a long time, and assuming inflation is low, so an 8% bond yield, especially if it's from a big company like Microsoft that isn't going out of business anytime soon, is like the delicious water imported from Iceland. But today, alas, a Microsoft bond doesn't offer 8% yields. It's more like 1.5% to 2% if you're looking for one that has an expiration in the next five years. So today, because Microsoft bond yields and bond yields from every major safe big company on Earth are down in the 1% to 2% area, these bonds are like getting water and hydration from oranges. They're not as attractive as drinking slightly less tasty tea. Now, let me stress, I'm not saying stock valuations compared to their historical valuations are completely worthless, but the importance of stock valuations today relative to their own valuations in the past is dwarfed by the importance of their attractiveness as investments compared against the potential alternative places you could put your money. Let's go through a few examples to anchor this point in our minds. Today, the most widely held bond ETF on the planet is the Vanguard Total Bond Market ETF. It has a dividend of about 2.4%, but it holds bonds whose average maturity is eight years away. Further, the average effective duration of this fund is six years. What is duration? Duration is a measure of how much a bond should go up or down if interest rates go up 1%, up or down 1%. So if the duration on a bond fund is six years, that means if interest rates go up 1%, the bonds in the fund will drop on average 6%. The inverse is true as well. If interest rates drop 1%, then the bond fund should go up about 6%. But given where interest rates are today at historic lows, it is probably less likely that they will go down 1% than they will go up 1%, especially because the Federal Reserve is raising interest rates right now. Remember, this means that if bonds went down just 2%, and the dividend was around 2.4%, you're giving up almost all of the money that you get from the bond investment. Um, and if bonds go back to having a 4.5% dividend yield instead of a 2.4% dividend yield, the value of the bonds would drop 12%. The 6% duration times 1% uh, for every 1% that it goes up. So if it goes up 2%, you've got a 12% drop in value. Now, quick primer on what bonds actually are, because believe it or not, they're kind of tricky, and a lot of people don't exactly know how they work. A bond is a contract to pay out a fixed amount of money over a period of time. So because everyone always hears what interest rates bonds are paying, they think that companies go out and say they're going to sell a bond with a 2% interest rate, but that's not how it works. Microsoft doesn't sell a bond and tell everybody that they're going to pay them 2%. They sell a bond and tell them they're going to pay them, for example, $200 every year for five years. And then the market, meaning you, me, Wall Street, financial advisors, etc., the market decides how much to pay for the right to receive that $200 dividend. This makes sense because businesses have to plan out their finances. Microsoft wants to know that they're going to pay the same amount every month for a period of time. Now, because with bonds, what you're really doing is loaning the company money, and they have to pay, pay back your principal, what the market is really determining is how much money am I willing to let Microsoft borrow for the next 
five years in order to get the $200 dividend while my money is locked up. Because again, you're going to get your money back when the bond matures. So today, the market would decide based on current interest rates that the right to receive $200 every five years uh, or every year for five years is worth locking up about $10,000. So today, if you want to have Microsoft pay you to borrow your money and give you $200 a year, they're going to ask for $10,000. 200 is 2% of 10,000. So let's recap. Today, if you want to put your money in bonds instead of stocks, you're going to limit your potential upside to around 2.4%. That's the dividend that they pay. And if interest rates go up 1% over the next two years, then you will end up losing money because your bond fund would drop 6%, and a 6% drop in the price of the bonds is a bigger drop than the 4.8% dividend you would get. I just added the 2.4% per year multiplied by two years. Now, what about stocks? Today, if you look over the past 12 months, stocks have a P.E. ratio of somewhere around 25. Now, what is the P.E. ratio? The P.E. ratio is the price you pay divided by the earnings you get. What if we flip the P.E. ratio around? Instead of putting the price on top, let's put the earnings on top. A P.E. ratio of 25 is the same thing as having an earnings yield of 4%. Divide 1 by the P.E. ratio to put the E on top. That's the math behind this little calculation. If you ever want to calculate the earnings yield of a stock, just divide 1 by the P.E. ratio. And that will give you the equivalent, in a way, of the uh, dividend yield that the stock will produce. Um, so the forward P.E. ratio, meaning the estimate uh, for the P.E. ratio looking out over next year's earnings compared to the price today is around 18. Divide 1 by 18, you get about 5.5%. So what does this mean? This means you're getting paid approximately 5.5% based on next year's expectations or 4% based on the previous year's expect, uh, what actually happened the previous year to hold stocks. Now, unlike a bond, this is not a dividend that you get in your pocket. It is not money anyone is contractually obligated to give you. It is simply the expectation about how much money these companies will make, which is the same thing as saying the amount of money their owners, their stockholders, like you and me, can be expected to make. And over time, as for all of history, companies on average make more money in the future than they do today. That's why it is normal for the earnings expectations next year to be higher than the earnings expectations of this year, and they would, and the earnings expectations this year will be higher than they were last year. Um, that is, of course, always, not always the case, like during recessions when earnings can tank. But on average, over a long period of time, companies will make more money tomorrow than they do today. So if you buy a stock today and the earnings yield is 4%, you can probably expect that earnings yield to go up over time rather than stay the same or go down. Bonds, on the other hand, tell you exactly how much you're going to get. And if bond prices fall, you still get the same dividend, but now you've lost some of your principal investment. Um, one reason for the difference between the earnings yield on stocks and the dividend paid out by bonds is the fact that bonds are considered to be, quote, safer. They are, quote, guaranteed. But these are all words that don't really mean anything in the ultra-long run. In the short run, sure, stocks could drop 30% and bond prices might even go up. But in the long run, stock prices will probably go up. Companies will make more money. And in the long run, bond prices will probably go down. And you will probably only capture your measly little 2.4% dividend, which probably won't even make up for the drop in their prices over the next two to three to five years or so. So remember, when you hear somebody say that stocks are expensive relative to their historical valuations, remind them that while you're very grateful for their interesting little factoid, what is more important is to know how attractive stocks are as an investment against the available alternatives. And feel free to tell them my little story about the person on the desert island who would rather find 50,000 oranges and squeeze their juice for hydration, even though they're dying of thirst, because the tea today doesn't just doesn't taste as good as the tea they drank yesterday. Uh, before I sign off, Elon Musk is currently working on something he calls neural lace. 
This is a brain technology interface. It would basically allow you to Google things and send emails in your mind. Someday, that means I'll be able to download and install my financial insights straight into your brain. But until then, the only way you're going to get it is by listening to this podcast. From now until telepathy is a thing, I'll be here.